The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, my name's Malcolm Bamford, here to take you through what's been going on this week and what's to come around MLB. Uh, and as always, for our little Sunday night fireside chat, uh, from Houston, Texas, is Mr. Moonaf Manji. Moonaf, how the hell are you? Uh, doing doing well, as, as usual. You know, I can't complain too much, but then there's uh, not there's not going to be someone there to listen to it. Right. So uh, I guess it's, it's been a, it's been a fun, good weekend. Uh, had a dinner last night with some friends and uh, we played a little poker after, after that. So that was, that was fun. Uh, but I don't know. You had the more exciting weekend or lack thereof as you were alluding <laughs> to in our last podcast. So I know I see you're a little orange there. You have a little tan on you. What's going on? Fill us we in. just, we, I've been in the woods all weekend. Uh, we took the, the under 10s football team camping up uh, the Scottish borders. We've been up to a place called Hoik. Um, yeah. And it's been loads of fun. Uh, obviously again, alcohol has been taken, there but this is the first time about 90 seconds ago when I logged onto the zoom call with you, uh-huh. it's the first time I really looked at myself and I look at least 10 years older than I did on Thursday when I spoke <laughs> to you. So in the space of 72 hours, I've, uh, I've done a reverse Benjamin button. Yeah. I mean, I can't even see my eyeballs moon off. Can you, my eyes, they're, they're just genuinely, they're in there somewhere. Yeah. But I can't make them out. squinting a little bit. Mate, honestly. So yeah, it's been loads of fun, but uh, yeah, we played a lot of football. We played a lot of cricket. Uh, we drank a lot of beer. We grilled a lot. I made some really good chicken shawarma, Moonaf. Okay. Uh, made some chicken shawarma on Friday. Took that up. Uh, we had that on the barbecue show. Because I know we like a bit of barbecue chat. I could have got my chicken shawarma into the uh, into the Slack channel conversation. That could have been my debut entry in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've just been catching up with... Uh, I was checking the scores uh, every now and again. I listened to a little bit of the... Uh, Yankees Red Sox in my tent last night. It was about about midnight when I went to bed, and the Yankees Red Sox. I listened to the last hour of the radio call um, in yeah. my tent last night. It's been a bit of an odd series, and it's be, it's got odder even in the last hour tonight. So yeah. we'll talk about that in a wee while. Um, so no, it's been good. And then tomorrow, Moonaf, tomorrow and Tuesday, so a casino company have been in touch with me, and uh-huh. they've asked for it. They need a croupier. Uh, to do some filming for okay. like some TV adverts okay. and I'm the man. So tomorrow and Tuesday, I'm off to, uh, it's like a big bar sort of concert hall thing in Newcastle uh, where this the company called Man Cave uh, who do things that go in a man cave. So your right. poker tables, things that you're talking, poker tables, blackjack tables, roulette tables. Uh, so I'm the appointed croupier tomorrow to, uh, so that, yeah, that's going to be an adventure. Um, so yeah, the, I'm going to be the. So you're going to be uh, famous. You're going to be yeah, on TV. 
I did. I had to send them a photo last week. Uh, oh. So when I turn up tomorrow, looking orange with no <laughs> eyeballs, it's going to look nothing like the one I sent them on uh, on Wednesday last week. So uh, yeah, I might get some funny looks tomorrow off whoever appointed me uh, as the face of that uh, campaign. So we'll have to see. Um, right, where are we going to start? We'll go through the back end of last last week's picks now. First up, we'll get mine out of the way. We recorded on Thursday night just before my um, Cal Quantrill pick went off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I must assume the next morning, something lines of, how the fuck did they not win that game? I mean, he'd done everything that you'd wanted Quantrill to do. Um, it was the Indians against the Braves. Uh, Quantrill went six strong. Um, Indians were four to one up. Um, top of the seventh, they were four-two up, mm-hmm. um, and then the Rays scored two in the ninth, and one in the tenth, and one five-four. Um, so one of those where you get everything right and come down on the wrong side of it. So that was wrapping up the back end of last week's picks. Nothing much I could do about that. Um, my luck went down this on Friday with the D-backs. Um, we knew something was amiss when I picked the D-backs on Friday, and then Scott were uh, right. Reichel, who joined us last week, yeah. um, he took the D-backs on Saturday and we said we both can't win. Uh, and sure enough, we were wrong because the uh, they got absolutely smashed, to be fair. Uh, Zach Gallen gave up six in the first three, so that was no problem. Um, they went on to lose that 8-3. But I managed to land my dog on Friday night. And this was a one where it did go entirely to plan. Uh, Tyler McGill. It was round about a pick him. They were about minus 105 each. So I'm not claiming a huge dog. Um but I wasn't know that at the time. Um, he took on Stephen Matz of the Blue Jays, gave up two hits and two runs on six innings pitched. Um, the Mets scored two in the first and then just sort of held them at arm's length and went on to win comfortably three and nothing. So uh, I'll take me, I'll take my win there. Uh, I'll carry on through Scott's picks because we just mentioned the, the Diamondbacks after I took them uh, on Friday with Zach Gallen. Scott took them as his dog on Saturday with Merrill Kelly and did really well. Yeah. Uh, again, two end runs on six innings pitched for Kelly. Uh, it was 2-2 through five, um, but then the D-backs got it done late. And his lock is live as we speak. And it's just about, oh, uh, it's just about leading, I think. He, he took the... Astros on the money line, one of our generally favoured picks. Uh, and they were they're still 3-1 up, bottom of the seventh or 3-1 up. Uh, so he is just by half a run uh, in front in that one at the moment. Um, so, yeah, not a bad, a mixed bag, but um, again on the right lines. Um, uh, Moonaf, where did you where did you end up? I think it was a similar story, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think we did really well with the with the dogs this weekend. Or sorry for yeah, this weekend. Yeah, but three uh, for three. Yeah, and then you know my my luck was Willie Peralta going up against uh, Chris Bubich for the Kansas City Royals. And when I looked at this this stat box in the in the box score, I thought that they had put the wrong numbers for each of these pitchers because it was Chris Bubich who had a fantastic outing. And we've been fading this guy pretty much all season long, but he decided to show up against the one game that I picked against him. And I guess that's kind of how it's been going for the past couple of weeks for me. But... I told you, Moon, if I'm going to drag you down to my level, if it kills me, this is how it starts, you know. Watch out. Yeah, yeah but uh, again, you know, Willie Peralta, I think he could just got off to a... He got off to a good start. It was just that th- that third and particularly that fourth inning 
where he gave up three earned runs to the uh, Kansas City Royals, and it was in in a, a home run fashion. So, uh, dropped that one. It was a first five Tigers money line bet. Uh, they made it a little interesting. The seven they grabbed two more, but it didn't matter at that point because I had the first five uh, money line uh, for the Tigers. But my dog came through last night, and I think I messaged you that it was uh, it was it was it was a lucky win for me though. But we'll take it, right? Um, Mariners money line. Uh, going up against the Oakland A's last night with um, Logan Gilbert on the mound. But Logan Gilbert got off to a really bad start like Willie Peralta did in this game. Um, he gave up, I believe. Yeah, he gave up. Well, the Mariners got off to a 1-0 lead, and then he gave up three in the top of the third. And then the Mariners kind of fought back. They had a 4-3 to lead, and then they got tied up 4-4. to Long story short, they walk it off in the – bottom of the ninth and and that came in as a winner for me that one came in uh close to what your price amount was at plus 102 uh sorry uh, minus 102 so uh close to even money but uh glad to get the victory there so i i think we can say three for three on the dog picks that we had this weekend between uh the the four of us or sorry the three yeah. of us that would that would have been a nice parley yeah um yeah, tally tight wise, we sort of bumbling along a little bit, struggled to recover from early. Tonight's been absolutely horrendous. Um, I was in play, I was around about two for nine, but there's been a couple of teams have managed to turn it round and brought me a little bit back uh, level. The Baltimore Orioles have just walked one off late, late on, um, and the Angels have come from behind. Um, so I'm getting, I'm getting myself a little bit um, back to an even keel. But um, it's been quite a tricky week, um, especially. Mm. Um, was it yeah, last night? Yeah, I looked at the scores this morning, and because it seems quite chalky, I had to pick. I made my picks in a hurry in a tent uh, after half a bottle of Glen Morangi. Um yeah. So I'm not claiming it with the most uh, astutely thought out picks I've ever made, but um, it just seemed uh, everything just went the other way last night. It just seemed to be a really uh, it's been a bit of a topsy turvy weekend. Yeah, it's been uh, – I try to pick more dogs this week just because I thought it was going to be a week where, you know, we're going to see more dogs cashing. But it almost seems like there's a lot, again, heavy favorites cashing. But um, I missed a morning slate of games, but I got the afternoon ones in. So uh, let's see how I fare. I mean, I'm only at 44% of the week. But hopefully some of these afternoon games that go final get me back to uh, – 500 for the week and then we can just you know put this one in the toilet flush it and then focus on the new week it's i think a there's a lot of people hanging around. around below below 50 percent this week the with the entire website has uh has been it's just been one of those weeks um we talk about uh tell us about a little bit about this silly yankees red Sox um series because it's um <laughs> it's been all over the place hasn't it yeah, it's been a wild one. Um, I guess we can start with Thursday when they the uh, or the Astros, the uh, Red Sox and the Yankees kicked it off, and I believe the Red Sox got off to a comfortable win in that game. Uh, they won it what five to four in that game, I believe. Yeah, I'm pulling up the box score. Yeah, so that one went to extra innings. Um, the Yankees were in control; they were up three to one, and then again the bullpen. That's been the story for them all series long. They gave up two in the bottom of the ninth, and then they gave up one in the top of the 10th. Uh, sorry, the Yankees scored one in the top of the 10th, and the Red Sox walked it off in the bottom of the 10th, and they scored two there, and they won that game 5-4. to four. Um, And then on, let's see here, 
Friday. Friday, they turned yeah. over Garrett Cole. Yeah, another another defeat for Garrett Cole. He kind of mm. ten and five. Um, a few times this would have been another decent position to fade. But um, yeah, and that was a yeah. uh, Rafael Devers game. He had what? He hit two home runs in that game. Uh, one in the fifth inning. That was a go ahead one. Uh, go ahead uh, winning runs for the Red Sox. So for him to get two off of Garrett Cole is pretty impressive. So. He's been having a pretty good season for the Red Sox. Then we fast forward to uh, yesterday, the Astros. Sorry, the Astros. Why do I keep saying the Astros? Because I think I'm staring at the score right now. Um, this was th- These last two games were really interesting between the Yankees and the Red Sox because the Red Sox were up 3-0 going into the uh, bottom of the – or sorry, top of the eighth, 3-0. Yeah. And the Yankees tacked on a four-piece against the uh, bullpen of the Red Sox. Um, Adam Adavanavito. Vino. Yeah, it was Adam Ottavino and the, the announcers, this was the little bit that I caught in the tent and um, they were saying, obviously, he's a he's an ex-Yankee and he said he had really strange feelings going into the game. He didn't want to make eye contact with any of the players and mm. it almost seemed like it got in his head a little bit, as yeah. opposed to just waving it off where, where a professional might have just said, even if you were feeling like that, you might not admit it, you might just wave it off and say, listen, I'm going to go out and pitch for my team. Next question. Uh, but he seemed to make uh, he seemed to make a bit of a song and dance of it. Um, and then he certainly did when he got out in the mound. He gave up he gave up four hits because really Boston had never they were in absolute complete control of that game. Yeah. And that was an unfortunate loss. And uh and then, then I think the tables turned the other way this week. <laughs> yeah, they got uh, it back sorry, today. And this was a game that I mean, if you're a red oh, sorry, a Yankees fan and you bet on the Yankees, you're just stick sick to your stomach. I mean, Domingo Hermine was in control of this game through seven innings. He hadn't given up a hit. He was no hitting the Red Sox into that eighth inning. So I think Alex Verdugo broke it up with a two or sorry, a double. And then Aaron Boone quickly pulled the plug on uh, Domingo because I was watching this game and listened to the commentary. And they said that the uh, Yankees were having him on a pitch count. So because he was throwing a no hitter, I think they let him go a little longer, but as soon as he gave up that hit, Aaron Boone jumped out of that bullpen, uh, sorry, the dugout and and pulled him out of the game, but then the bullpen just absolutely shit the bed for the uh, Yankees. <laughs> um, that uh, I mean, long story. I know it's going, we're talking a little too much about it, but long story short, the the bullpen came in, gave up four earned runs. The uh, Red Sox talked tacked on five in the bottom of the eighth, took the lead, and then Matt Barnes came in to shut the door in the uh a in the ninth inning so the red sox took three out of four from the yankees this, this weekend series and it's now going to be a very very tall order for the yankees to uh, climb back into the division which i don't think they will but their only chance right now is going to be in that al uh wild card yeah i think scott had said uh, the yankees fan on thursday that he was he would be happy with a chop um and yeah. really it, but it probably could have been a chop but um certainly boston wouldn't want this could have lost and uh, New York lost one that they could have won. Um, so, yeah, 3-1 to Boston. They'll be delighted with that. Uh, the other thing we did break down on Thursday was this White Sox Brewers series. Um, and I think you've been, you, you you picked it apart fairly accurately so far. The Friday night game, uh, yourself and Scott both called um, Freddie Peralta uh, for the win for the Brewers um, against Lucas Giolito. Uh, they had yeah. a six. I think the game finished six to one, and Brewers got them all all six in one inning. I think in the in the sixth inning, maybe. Um, yeah. And then we talked about a uh, uh, parley of the unders on all three games. Now the only thing with this is, where do you know what the lines were? Because there were, or approximately, there were there was eight runs on Friday, 
Yeah. Um, seven one maybe, and then mm-hmm. on Saturday there was seven runs scored. Yeah. Uh, so what would the would the lines have been as low as six and a half, seven, or would no. your unders your unders parlay be going? Yeah, so your parlay would have been dead on the the first night where the Brewers picked up a seven one victory because I believe that one came out at seven and a half. Ah, okay. And that like you mentioned, that six and a half, the six run inning by the Brewers in that bottom of the seventh inning where it pretty much blew it up for you. But I mean it wasn't cruise control up until that seventh inning. It was one yeah, nothing that's unlucky. going into the bottom of the seventh. So I mean, I think we were spot on just again the the bullpens are just absolutely shitting the bed for for these teams, and uh, it's really <laughs> unfortunate. So and that's when we talked about like looking at the first five innings might be a better better bet for um, at least for the picks that we've been making because yeah. I, what I kind of wonder what our our record would be if we were just strictly betting the first five innings of these games. Yeah, I wonder if that's an option to start doing that on tally site maybe, and you can uh, that'll start tracking it on your behalf. So yeah, we'll have a little look into that. Yeah. Um, so this week's news, Moon and the first one was a uh, is it is it a political. Uh, conversation, I don't know, but the Cleveland Indians changed their names uh, to the Cleveland Guardians. Now, this isn't something... I did see the little video um, and I watched the little video without knowing what the conclusion was. So I knew it was a name change, but I didn't know what it was going to be. Uh, and there is a little promotional video with a couple of... Um, was it Tom Hanks, maybe, yeah. who was on there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm assuming he's a, he's a son of Cleveland. Um, and the video was really nice, actually. It was about two and a half, three minutes long. And I really enjoyed it. And they said near the end that the Cleveland part of the name has always been the most important part. That was the... Uh, that's what uh, the, the line they were taking. And then they've changed it from the Indians to the Guardians. Um so it looks pretty similar. It's the same font and everything, yeah. and it ends in Ian's. Uh, so it's <laughs> not it's not a rapid departure. Um, so yeah, what did you make of that move? Now, is that something? Because obviously, it's more of a uh, more of a social, yeah. uh, social is. political. I don't know what the what the right word is actually, but um, not something that would necessarily come on on uh, my radar or the radar yeah. of of anyone in the UK. So talk me through uh, what you think of it. Yeah, this was, I think it started with the, with the Washington Redskins, right? And, you know, I think that's where it started from because the Reds, the people were taking offense at that the, uh, a football team had the name, the Redskins for the, for the uh, football team in Washington. So I think that's where it kind of trickled off for, for the Cleveland Indians that they wanted to change their name also, because, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the political correct term is, but um, you know, and we don't need to get too much into it, but I think that's something that, uh, that we knew that the change was coming, but I think the timing of it was really interesting too, because it was kind of in mid season. We would think that it would happen at the end of the season where they would make a name change, but, um, you know, the news dropped this week, they changed the name to the guardians and, you know, that's going to be the new name. And I'm sure there's going to be more merch or new merchandise being sold. But like you mentioned with, with the video, with Tom Hanks, you know, kind of narrating it. Um, it, it was more about Cleveland, the city of Cleveland versus the actual name being changed from Indians to the Guardian. So um, I, that, I thought it was just something worth mentioning. Yeah, no, all good luck to them. I've got absolutely no issue with that whatsoever. Um, Rich Hilton, the Mets, uh, we're going to have some trade chat tonight. And this was the first one. And now you see that I didn't see this at all tonight. And it, um, I got home this afternoon. I went to make me picks. I went to have a look at my DraftKings and stuff. Um, and I saw R. Hill 
um, mm. on the bump for the Mets, and I, I had to do a double take. I thought, I know I've had a few beers, but uh, <laughs> but, but I thought it could be someone else. Is it? Is it Robert Hill who's come up from AAA somewhere or other? Uh, so um, obviously, a few kicks later, I was uh, um, aware that they'd made the trade. So uh, we've we've had a uh, he's got a few mentions in the last few weeks, Richard. He was one of my. Uh, possible Tampa Bay sticky stuff uh, sufferers. Uh, so we'll have to see how that pans out. But um, I think he pitched, he didn't get the win tonight, but he went okay. Um, the Mets won the game five to four. I'm just dragging the box up now to see what Rich Hill did. Um, but yeah, we, I didn't expect the uh, the Mets to go for pitching, really. Um, he gave up three runs on five innings on five, uh, five hits. Um, three yeah. and runs over five innings pitch. So yeah, pretty much uh, standard. Not not good, not bad uh, start for Rich Hill. But yeah, I wasn't expecting the Mets to, to do an awful lot. Um, Syndergaard due back September the first, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the rest of the pitching's been okay. Maybe is this a pointer towards um, how bad Degrom's injury might be? So I, I was reading on uh, on one of these websites that I usually read for news about Jacob Degrom, and here's our weekly update about Jacob <laughs> Degrom. Is they said that he he threw uh, he threw off the mound and he felt good. So they're just I think they're being really extra extra cautious with him. Um, so maybe that's why with the addition of Rich Hill will probably give him you know just having another arm in that in that rotation. And also, like you mentioned, getting Syndergaard back, I, I'm sure that they're going to kind of ease his, his ease his way back in when he's going to start uh, start games, whether it's going to be, you know, I don't know. I mean, how they're going to play, if it's just going to go three innings, four innings in, the, in this first couple of starts or be on a, a particular pitch count. So uh, they're being extra cautious, but this really has the potential potential of being a really good, um, a, a rotation when you, you know, as you make the playoff push and possibly getting into the playoffs. So, you know, if these guys are healthy uh, with DeGrom, with, with Syndergaard and then Rich Hill, I think that's a pretty formidable. And then obviously we haven't talked about Walker, another guy in that rotation. So you have a pretty solid rotation there as you kind of wind down the season and, and try to, you know, make that playoff push. Yeah, I was surprised at that, but that's what good teams do. They improve in areas where they're exactly. already strong. Right. Uh, no team can go along with five uh, with five SP. So, yeah, no problem with that whatsoever. And it, it backs up um, a couple of our bets and selections that we've made over the weeks. Yeah. Um, something I wanted to point out was Patrick Sandoval, if the Angels uh, pitched a near no-hitter versus the Twins, would definitely... Uh, Want to watch? He's a little bit more exposed than some of the guys we talked about in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah we, he's been up. He's been up and down a couple of times, uh, but he's definitely someone worth following in the second half of the season. Yeah, and uh, I don't. I forgot we didn't mention him when we were, you know, looking at pitchers to back in the second half of the season. But I did pick him in one of my bets uh, earlier this season to uh, back as a guy that has been pretty solid for the Angels. So. Uh, just a little unlucky that he didn't get the uh, no hitter there. But I mean, again, like you mentioned him being a solid guy for that angels rotation, which is much needed for them um, is a guy to definitely keep your eye out for this angels rotation. And, and when he's pitching, so, uh, you know, as much as we all wanted him to get that no hitter, he fell short, but you know, we can't discredit. Uh, that was just a fantastic outing by uh, uh, Patrick Sandoval. Uh, Fernando Tatis became the youngest Padre to reach uh, 30 home runs um, he's going to do that uh, every season for the next 12, 15 years maybe yeah <laughs> uh, not a surprise there right with, with, with the talent that Fernando Tatis Jr. has I'm not sure if you've caught this but he's developed a relationship with uh, um, Freddie Freeman's son 
Yes, I saw Freemanson really wanted to meet him at the All-Star game, didn't he? Yeah, that, that was a really cute video that he got to meet him at, at the All-Star game. And I believe Tatis uh, sent him a jersey. Um, he had a, a signed autograph jersey from him, and he, he wrote a couple notes for him. And I think when the uh, either the Padres were uh, visiting Atlanta or vice versa, uh, Charlie was at the game, and he was sitting there with his mom, um, Freddie Freeman's wife, and then Tatis was in that uh, in the on deck circle. I think they kind of got his attention, and and you know Freddie or sorry, uh, Fernando kind of turned around and waved at him, and you know kind of gave him that <laughs> nod. So I think that's going to be something for us to keep an eye on, which is uh, which is a really fun story. Yeah, you can't have enough time for uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, um, uh, Moonaf, the Red Sox have company at the top of that division. Uh, Tampa of. Yeah. Uh, won five in a row. Did they win tonight again? I think they lost tonight. So they were, ah, yes, the Indians beat them three, two. Yeah. Yep. So they were on a, a little streak um, and they picked up Nelson Cruz this week. Now we associate Tampa with um, sort of pilfering teams, uh, farm systems, don't we? They'll make a trade. They'll, they'll, they'll trade a, a stud player for, for three or four, uh, young players who in a couple of years' time always come back to bite uh, their original teams on the backside. Uh, you don't associate Tampa with signing sort of 41-year-old sluggers, but what a great pickup this is. I think he's already, uh, he already hit a bomb for them tonight. Yeah. Um, you have, uh, is this giving you a little, little bit of food for thought, a little bit of worry? Because we just, we're the same as everybody else. We shouldn't do it really because most people just write Tampa off. They say, ah, oh, they're okay. But yeah. I, don't, I think this year they'll get found out. And we've done that. We have done that about three times so far this year when we've talked about them. And sure enough, there they are sitting at 60 and 40, uh, dead level um, with Boston. They just find a way to win games, right? Like the Rays, they're not, like, they're not the big sexy pick when we talk about uh, baseball teams. When we have teams like the Red Sox and the Yankees, uh, the Astros have entered that conversation uh, and then, then the National League with the Dodgers and now the Padres and the Cubs and, you know, those big market teams and the Rays aren't thought of that. But every single year they find a way to be in that division race in the American League East. And for sure, they're always in that wild card uh, spot uh, every single year. So if we kind of take a look, we, we've talked about how the offense has not really been great for the uh, Rays. But now you have Randy Rosarena in this lineup. You have Wander Franco. You have Austin Meadows, who's who can be good, and now you add a bat, a veteran bat like Nelson Cruz to, and this was a guy that was a much needed bat in that lineup for the uh, Rays that is a power bat, and like we saw that on display all season long and all throughout his career. I think it's a it's a really really big uh, acquisition for the uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays, um, and you know them playing in a dome at home in Tampa Bay not worried about weather. So I think that's a perfect fit for Nelson Cruz. And this, they're just asking him to just go out there and, and hit bombs and as, hit as many as you can and be that power guy in that middle of the lineup. So a uh, big, big pickup for the uh, Tampa Bay race. Yeah. Fully expect Nelson Cruz to get six or seven saves down the stretch as well. They're moving up for them. Yeah. Uh, they'll be rolling about. Um, a party you could have put on over the weekend was uh, Texas to keep losing because <laughs> we mentioned how terrible they were and it is current. They are bad, but they're, they're struggling. Uh, and it was a week was the word we used uh, yeah. a weak lineup. And since 
we spoke on Thursday. They've gone L L L. So a little, uh, a little three, a little three loss parley on the Texas uh, Rangers would have sorted you out there. But it looks like they're going down again tonight, three one. Uh, and then you've just added the show notes, Moon. Have something I missed. Mickey Betts has gone to the ten day aisle. Yeah, just so I came across right before we got on, thought it was worth mentioning with the Dodgers and, and Mookie Betts being one of their best players or best hitters. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a uh, tough loss for them. Obviously, you know, Mookie Betts being with the Red Sox and now with the uh, uh, the Dodgers, him being in that leadoff spot, I think that's going to be uh, a, a loss. Hopefully nothing too serious because Mookie Betts still is one of my favorite players in the entire MLB. So hopefully it's nothing too serious for him and, he, and he's uh, back soon for the Dodgers. Hopefully not too soon because I did get some. I just did get down some more money on the Giants to win the NL West. You win again on the Giants. It's uh, uh, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I know that we talked about this with uh, Scott last in our last uh, episode, but this pitching has been really good for the Giants, and they're still offering it at uh, close to plus two seventy five. I jumped on that, and and why not? Right? I mean, they're they 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 have they have everything to play for, but they it almost seems like they're playing with house money at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're possibly going to get swept by the Pirates tonight, which isn't ideal. But um, yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're absolutely still they're still trundled along um, at the top of that at the top of that division, and you love to see it. Um, okay, Munaf, you were going to uh, take over now for a little while with some uh, unhelpful remarks from me here and there. A little bit of trade deadline chat now. The deadline is the 29th, Is that right? I believe. I believe this Thursday, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, things are going to, by the time we speak again on Thursday, things will um, have happened. And hopefully we might get things happening as we speak on Thursday night as well. Um, so we're going to do a little bit of trade deadline chat. Now, first, I want you to explain to me, and there may be some listeners, I know there are some uh, UK listeners and maybe people who aren't as familiar. Um, because we have deadline day over here for the football and what have you, mm-hmm. but it doesn't tend to be, you, you won't have a bad team having a fire sale. I think the difference is, the, the poor teams are trying to avoid relegation where yeah. in MLB there's nowhere to go so if they if they're all if they're rubbish there's no consequence to them staying rubbish uh where in the football they get relegated so teams are trying to hang on to the best players but I know um teams you have you are buying teams you have selling teams you have teams that are in rebuild teams who just kind of move on closes etc so just talk me through how and why that's happening sure. and then we'll get into some specifics. Yeah, so like you just mentioned, Malcolm, that trade deadline's approaching for the MLB season, I believe, like we said, July 29th. And this is an opportunity for, you know, a lot of these teams that have uh, players that are on expiring contracts. So I think the prime example that we can use is a guy that we talked about last week with Scott was Javi Baez and how they the Cubs approached him about signing an extension and uh, he kind of, I guess, rejected that offer. And so at this point, the Cubs have to kind of decide um, whether they are going to trade him or let him walk in free agency. Obviously, the choice is that you want to trade him and get something in return, whether it's prospects or, or something like that, for guys that are on these expiring deals. And then at the same time, you're looking at you know players or teams to unload some salary, I think you can, you know, talk about that with basketball here. And I think uh, the trade deadline for the MLB and the NBA are, are kind of similar, but there's a lot more, there's a lot more action in the NBA. So for uh, the MLB, uh, there's going to be buyers and sellers on this team, right? And obviously sellers, we talk about 
teams that want to unload the expiring contracts and getting something in return for some of their star players. And then buyers are teams that are trying to shore up their teams, whether it's they're lacking in the bullpen, whether they need another arm in the rotation, whether they need a bat in the middle of the lineup or a power bat, like we just talked about the Rays needed and how they went out and got Nelson Cruz. So I think that's kind of the gist of what the MLB trade line really, um, you know, really is about at this point of the season, because you're looking at teams to, you know, like I mentioned, get better or sell off some of their, or trade off some of their assets and get something in return. So the top teams you've got down as sellers for this week, then Uh, the nationals who I think maybe a couple of weeks ago were still in it. Uh, They had that little run, didn't they? Where they they popped back up into second place in that division uh, after a little streak. Um, the the Kyle Schwarber fueled streak wasn't it? But now mm. they've kind of gone, and Decunia has gone down. Um, so the Nationals, um, you've got as, as sellers uh, the Cubs in a fire sale, uh, and the Rockies, um, in Texas who are just bad. So, uh, what are we expecting from from those teams this week? Yeah, and we talked about. I think the interesting team is the Nationals, right? Because. the question for them is going to be that I don't think they're going to be able to compete this year. So, and when we had Nick on and we had talked about the nationals that their rebuild for them is going to, you know, take a couple of years. So first and foremost, the, the, the main guy on this team that has been rumored has been Max Scherzer and what they want to do with Max Scherzer. Um, He has a no trade clause in his uh, contract where he can waive it and go to a team that of his choosing that he maybe want to get traded to because he's been in the league for, uh, I think it's because he's been in the league for 10 years. And I think because he's been with one team for five seasons. So I think that's kind of the stipulation that goes uh, into that. That's from what I've read. So Max Scherzer is one of those guys um, that will be probably off this roster for the nationals. A couple more interesting names are going to be Brad Hand and Daniel Hudson for the Nationals and those bullpen. And we've talked about how teams that need bullpen help, those are two guys that are going to be hot names on this market. And then also Josh Harrison, a guy that's a flexible guy in your infield that can play, you know, shortstop or second base. So I think those are three names that you kind of want to uh, keep in mind, uh, at least for the Nationals that are or one of the teams that are going to be sellers uh, as we approach this uh, MLB trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about the Angels getting a load of stick for surrounding Trout and Otani uh, with a really quite a terrible lineup. Um, but the last couple of weeks, particularly since the injuries have hit, um, the Nationals have got Soto and Turner, uh, who were both outstanding players, sort of yeah. top top fifteen bats. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the junk they've had them playing with really has been it's been poor. Like, so uh, be interesting to see. Like you see how what they turn up. Um, those two bullpen arms you mentioned have been linked with the Blue Jays, possibly. Yeah. Uh, not really sure where Scherzer might end up. Um, but yeah, but next uh, the the Cubs, who again Scott Scott talked about, um, they're pretty much in entire teardown mode now. I think, aren't they? Yeah, and you know we're probably expecting this team to pretty much blow it up, and you know Chris Bryant who before the season started was in trade rumors discussion. So I think that might come to fruition in this uh, week, uh, just depending on where he's going to end up. And, you know, he's still a pretty good bad. Like uh, he can play, you know, third base, he can play first base. So he has the opportunities to be in your corner infield positions. And and he's a guy that can also bat. Uh, 
Craig Kimbrell, another guy, a bullpen arm that has been rumored for a lot of these teams like the Astros. Um, the Red Sox, he probably doesn't want to go back to his former team, but I think another team that also uh, was in discussion was the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, and then also, like we talked about earlier and last week, Javi Baez is, is going to be the big question mark for the Cubs. And the contract the contract accession talks with the numbers just didn't make sense for him with the Braves. So, Sorry, the Braves, with the Cubs. Um, so, you know, are, the Cubs have to make that decision. As, are they just going to let it play out or are they going to trade him and try to get some type of prospects back uh, for Javi Baez? And then Anthony Rizzo also, you know, I think that's going to be a question. Of, is that a guy that they, the Cubs want to build around? or if the right price or the right prospects and the trade package comes along for Anthony Rizzo, um, you know, they have to make that decision if they want to trade him. And also one more arm, Zach Davies is a guy that I've been seeing in some uh, um, rumors as far as being traded for a guy or for teams that need a, you know, maybe a three, uh, third, fourth, or fifth guy in that rotation. Yeah, I think you're right on Zach Davies. He's an entirely unspectacular player. Um which really is not much use to the Cubs, uh, but is of use to a lot of teams, possibly the Phillies. Um, and there's one, one of those, another reliever in there, who's one of my favourite players, actually, is Andrew Chafin, yeah. uh, who's a really fun-looking bloke. Um, and I think he might end up somewhere. I think he could do, do a job for somebody at the back end of this season. So, um, yeah, the Cubs are going to get a lot of... Uh, make room, I think, for a lot of players there. Uh, the Rockies are the next one up. And again, a team who have been... Uh, in full teardown mode. And I think they're going to finish the job off this week. Yeah. And we've been hearing about Trevor story link with the Yankees, and I'm sure he's going to be gone uh, this coming week. Uh, John Gray, one of their best pitchers, if not their best pitcher uh, is in Dame. I'm expecting to get moved uh, this, this week. Again, we've talked about teams that need that bullpen help and, and uh, sorry, the starting rotation help. So he might be a guy that's on the move. And we've talked about how bad the, or uh, the Rockies have been all season long. Um, their road record has just been atrocious this season. I think I'm not, I haven't checked the numbers, but they were still at single digit road wins. Yeah. Um, so again, the team that's that may again blow it up also, just like the Cubs. Um, and then Joey Gallo, I think this is a guy that we really need to keep an eye on because it's it, it's it's going to go one of two ways. It's either that they're gonna the Rangers are going to get him to sign a contract session to stay there. Or he's gonna um, get traded to a team. You know, I've, I've read that the Yankees and the Padres are the two most connected teams with Joey Gallo. Uh, um, solid defensive guy, uh, again a power bat. We know that, so this will be a big, big name that might be picked up for one of these teams that uh, are, are looking to acquire a guy like Joey Gallo and, and get a bat in their lineup. And then quickly, some more names that I'm seeing in, in uh, trade rumors from some of the respected guys that I follow from around the league. Uh, two guys from the um, – actually, I can say three guys from the Pirates, Tyler Anderson, Adam Frazier, and then I believe their closer, uh, Rich Rodriguez. Yes, Richard who, Rodriguez is who has been, certainly uh, on my radar yeah. uh, as someone who's going to get moved on, I think. So those are three names for the Pirates. And then uh, I'll quickly finish it off and get your uh, thoughts on some of these guys that I just mentioned. Kyle Gibson is, is, is a guy that's having a really good season for the Rangers, but if you kind of go inside of his numbers, it, it hasn't been against the most stellar competition. And is this a guy that's going to be in your rotation that's going to start a playoff game? Probably not. Uh, I mean, he's not going to be a number one for sure. He's not going to, I don't think he's a number two guy for sure. Number three is where he probably fits in on a contender. But other than that, I don't see him as a number one or number two guy. 
And the last guy, I think maybe the most interesting name after Joey Gallo is probably Jose Ramirez and what the Cleveland Indians decided to do with him. Uh, he's been linked to the Mariners, um, but we'll get to the buyers here in a second. But I think those are the five, four to five names that uh, kind of to wrap up that might be uh, on the move as we, uh, again, approach this MLB trade deadline. I mean, those of those players you just mentioned, mm-hmm. um, it's Joey Gallo, not just the most Yankee player you've ever seen. I mean, right. you stick him in there with Stanton and Judge is a three, four, five. They could all swap shirts. And if you squinted, you wouldn't know which one was which. It's all great, big, hulking, uh, swing, miss, or home run uh, kind of options. Uh, and he does look like a Yankee. And you'd like you said, they need pitching. They need someone like Adam Frazier would be perfect for them. The second baseman who could do all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, so they've got option A, Adam Frazier, or they've got option B, great big beefy slugger. You know they're picking the big beefy slugger up. like. Right. Uh, so I, I, I expect to see Gallo in pinstripes next week. Uh, I love Adam Frazier. Um, he's a good player. He can definitely do a job yeah. uh, somewhere. Um, so with with thoughts of how we can uh, utilise this to our advantage, Moon, uh, there are some odds flying around for teams that can make the playoffs. So... Um, you were looking at teams who were in contention for a playoff spot who might pick up one or two uh, teams who are going to be buyers this week. Yeah. Are there any teams who are going to buy uh, who are currently a fairly attractive price um, and that price might contract by the time they pick up a few players this week? Yeah, obviously the first team that you just mentioned was the Yankees, right? And it's going to be now or never for the Yankees. They just lost three out of four to the Red Sox. Uh, I believe they're going to visit the is it the Rays that they're going up against in the next series? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So that's going to be another big series for them. So as this trade line really approaches, what's going on in the minds of the Yankees? I mean, they're still they're still plus one hundred five to make the playoffs. Um, and then nine games back here, nine games back of um, Boston, yeah. and eight games back of Tampa. It's not even as if they're kind of parked in second in that division. Yeah. Uh, they are sitting third fiddle by quite a long way and I don't see how Boston and Tampa can slow down Yankees are going to have to go on an incredible run yeah and and, and like I said I don't think they're going to get the division that their only hope of getting into the playoffs is going to be a wild card uh, uh, wild card uh, spot and we'll talk about the wild card uh, in a second or, or, or later on but that that race is going to be really really fun to watch as we kind of come down the stretch of the MLB's uh, season um, you know, I'll just quickly go through the through these teams here, and then we'll get to the betting odds and how we can take advantage of it. Uh, Dodgers again are mentioned. Uh, I think every single offseason and uh, towards their you know the trade deadline on how they can improve the roster, right? And then I think they've been rumored to get starting pitching. So one of their strengths coming into the season was their starting pitching, right? With Walker Bueller and you know having Trevor Bauer with the we don't know what's going to go on with the Trevor Bauer situation. Um, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler, Ty, uh, Trevor Bauer, David Price. So those guys are all in that starting rotation. But with the question marks with Bauer, they're going to be in, out on the look for some more starting pitching. The Red Sox, I, I've talked about at extent on this podcast. Everybody knows that. They're probably looking for another arm in that rotation. They are supposed to get uh, Chris Sell back, their ace. But having another solid arm in that rotation will probably be pretty good for the Red Sox. Uh, the Astros, I know we talked about this last week or, or prior to, was that they were rumored with Max Scherzer. Um, they landed Zach Grinke a couple seasons ago, and they're always 
finding these veteran guys. They did that with Justin Verlander. Now with Zach Grinke is, is Max Scherzer, another guy that's going to go to this Astros team and pretty much make them one of the best, if it, one of the best, best rotations in the American league. And that team already has so much pitching depth. It's going to be crazy to see, but I think more so for the Astros, they do need to get bullpen uh, help for sure. Um, just depending on how this pitching rotation is going to uh, fan out for the Astros, they're going to probably have to move one of those guys down into that bullpen and maybe go out and get another arm like we talked about for you know maybe a Brad Hand or a Daniel Hudson for the Astros. Um, and I think the most intriguing teams is this, this rotation that we talk about every single week is the NL East division. And we talked about how the Mets just acquired the uh, Rich Hill for that rotation with DeGrom and Snigard possibly coming back for them. Um, getting Rich Hill was big for them. And I think one team also in that, oh, let me kind of fast forward to the Blue Jays. And I want to kind of get your input on, because I, I, a question for you, if you had to put money down, would you rather put it down on Yankees to make the playoffs or the Blue Jays? Well, that's true. I've got the standings right up in front of me now. Um, and... I think Toronto are capable of going on that kind of run, but I don't think the Yankees are. I think what we've seen from the Yankees is um, is what they are. I think Toronto have got improvement in them. George Springer is uh, he's, he's been back maybe three weeks now, yeah. and he's just starting to heat up. He made an incredible catch last night. Yeah. Um, so he's uh, he's physically not feeling any effect. And they've got young players who can put it together. Um, that Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, Vlad uh, with George Springer. Um, they've got people, even Steven Matz, the kind of people who can get hot. I know I, I went against him last week, um, but I think they can do it. And I just can't see it with the Yankees. The Yankees, unless they sign, they, they go for option B, uh, Frazier, instead of option A, Gallo. They need some, some of those glue guys. Um, and I don't think they're going to do it. Uh, so I would say I would take Toronto uh, over New York, Muna. Yeah, and I, I think for Toronto, I mean, the offense speaks for itself, right? We've talked about that volumes. I think getting George Springer back is huge for them. Um, you know, you have a MVP caliber player in Vlad, uh, Bo Bichette you've talked about. So they, this this lineup is pretty loaded. I think this, the pitching is where they really need help. Um, I mean, they have Robbie Ray in that starters rotation, but then getting bullpen help for the Blue Jays is going to be big. So I think two teams, one from each, um, uh, from one from each league is kind of to wrap up this MLB uh, trade talk is the Philadelphia Phillies. And then I think the Seattle Mariners are the other team in the American league that are going to be very, very interesting on what they do and what they try to acquire as we approach this trade deadline for the Phillies. And I posed this question to you when we were talking in the Slack channel is, and I guess this is where we can tie in how we take advantage of um, some betting odds before this trade deadline happens. The Phillies right now, and this is a team that I was said to look out for in the second half of the season. They're only two games back now in the division, and they can certainly use infield and pitching help. And I, a name that you put again, Richard Rodriguez for the Phillies and Craig, Craig Crimbrell for the Phillies are two names to watch out for if they go out and acquire um, some bullpen and closure help. You also put Starling Marte. I think this is another name that to for sure to be looked out for the Phillies. And I pose this question to you that if the Phillies right now that are two games back in the division have the easiest remaining schedule in the entire MLB, 
and they were offering you five to one odds to make the playoffs. How much money were you putting uh, on this on this bet at a, as a just a pure value standpoint? It's a, it's an odd one because it's kind of counterintuitive. If I've just been looking at the wild card standings, yeah, you would write them off because. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers, Padres, and Giants look like they have that locked up between exactly. them. Um, because, that yeah, they're nine games away. So if you initially, if you're looking for a bad team to make the playoffs, you kind of go straight to the wild card. Or not a bad team, a middling team to make the playoffs. Sure. You go straight to the wild card. Well, you can't this time. And then you click back onto the divisional standings and you see them two games back. Yeah. So, I mean, I think... I don't think it matters what team it is. If you go team A and team B um, with a two-game difference, you can have team B at five to one. I don't care what two names you then attach to those teams. Uh, I think you've got to take the five to one. Um, bear in mind that we've already got the Mets uh, for the division. We've got them at plus odds. Um, I've got them for the World Series. So uh, a little saver on that. Um, absolutely. Yeah, it's certainly worth a few quid uh, on that five to one. Um and again, if it depends how busy they're going to be. A couple of closers, like we said, uh, Richard Rodriguez, possibly. Yeah. Um, and another name I meant I saw attached uh, to them was Stalin Marty um, from uh, the Marlins, who turned down a thirty million dollar mm-hmm. contract extension. Yeah. Um, get him out in centre field. Maybe get some help at third base. Um, Alec Bohm can hit and run a little bit, but his field hasn't been great. Uh, so if they if they can. Um, do some shrewd business. And like you pointed out to me, this is something I'd heard the name, but um, their gaffer, uh, Dave Dombrowski, yeah. um, is uh, quite quite uh, renowned for firing bullets at this time of year, isn't he? It's funny with, with, with Dombrowski is that he'll go to a team and he'll go out and get the talent for you. He'll get them paid. He'll get the, he'll get the World Series ring. And as soon as that ring is... is, is uh, is won by that team. He's gonna he's gonna step down and leave, and then hmm. he's gonna leave the next incoming executive with all the payroll problems that he leaves with certain teams. And I saw this with the Red Sox, is that they got the ring, and now they had all sorts of uh, uh, payroll issues where they had to trade off guys and things like that. So um, he's definitely gonna be aggressive as we approach this uh, trade deadline on Thursday. So Phillies were one of the other teams, and then the Mariners. Um, they're not going to win the uh, division in the AL West because it's it's right now the Astros. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we can say have it locked up, quote unquote, and the Oakland A's are another team that they'll have to leapfrog. But uh, in the wild card, I think between um, it's going to be between one of these ALS AL East teams. Whether if the Red Sox win the division, it's going to be Rays that get one of those spots. And then that other spot's going to be between the the Mariners, the A's, uh, the Blue Jays, um, and I think there's one more team I'm forgetting. That's yeah, that the race. Yankees. The Yankees. So it it's going to be interesting to see. You know, like we said, where there's rumors about Adam Frazier going to the Mariners and Jose Ramirez. I think the one advantage that the Mariners, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the uh, yeah, the Mariners have is that they're. Um, farm system and they're and the guys the prospect that they have they can make a significant trade to get one of these guys like a jose ramirez or adam frazier like we mentioned so those are kind of some of the teams that we want to keep an eye on um if you really believe in this mariners team and that they're going to make the playoffs one of these books right now has the mariners to make the playoffs at 13 to 1 
Nice. You see, I like the Mariners. I like watching them. They're a good side. And you know what? If you had a couple, if you had maybe one pitcher, and th- I mean those players you just talked about, they're big names: Ramirez and Fraser. Sure. Uh, Fraser fits in an absolute treat with them. Um, they're not a million miles away, and we'll be we will be talking about them this time next year, and in two years, and three years' time. Yeah. Um, but. It's not beyond. It's not a massive leap of faith uh, to see them maybe pick up two players this week, and then all of a sudden uh, they're, they're hanging on a bit like the Giants. Really, we've been waiting for them to falter, and they're sitting there now. At, um, what seven games above five hundred? Yeah, uh, two game better record than the Yankees. So yeah, um, yeah, I don't mind that at all. Uh, Auckland, I think, are a good price, um, and Auckland could act as well as a little bit of insurance about those Astros tickets that we picked exactly. up. Exactly. Uh, plus odds as well. So um, if they get in via the wild card, great, you cash. And if that means that Houston have won the division. Um, if they won't win the division, uh, then you've got your you've got your insurance against those Houston tickets that you've gone down. So, uh, so yeah, they're um, excellent picks moving off. We're looking at Phillies plus 400. Uh, uh, Mariners plus thirteen hundred and the Oakland A's at plus one twenty. Uh, three yeah. teams there. And it'll be interesting when we talk again on Thursday to see how much of this has panned out and how entirely wrong we were about who's gone where and who's bought and sold. Yeah, the last odds I forgot to put on there was the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh for them to make the playoffs, they're at plus two ten. So uh as we kind of wrap this up here, we 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 talk about the American League wildcard situation. Like we said, one of these teams from the AL East division loser between the Red Sox and Rays is probably going to get that one spot. And then again, it's going to be down to the A's, the Mariners, the Yankees. I don't think we really believe in the blue Jays have the potential. So, you know, there's some opportunities there for you to, you know, make some money on some of these prices and then possibly hedge. If you did take the Astros to win this division with the Oakland A's. So um, with the national league wild card, uh, I think like you, you just said, Malcolm with the NL West, whichever two teams that are, not going to win that division are probably going to be the national league um, wildcard uh, uh, winner. So uh, whether that's the Dodgers and Padres as it stands right now, uh, but a big series coming up for the Dodgers and the giants um, this coming week. And I don't know. We'll get to that in, in a little bit. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favourite teams, players and sports games. Generous promos, odds and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you receive a special offer up to $500 in risk-free sports bets. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA championship and MLB futures. When you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap, see a ticket you like but think the price is too high. Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Every ticket purchased can be resold at any time with one click of a button. And PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is worth. Two weeks ago, PropSwap customer sold a $500 40 to 1 Phoenix Suns championship ticket for 16 grand after the Suns went up 2 0 in the finals. A 30 time return for the seller and adjusted odds of minus 400 for the buyer when every sports book in the country had the Suns at minus 500. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, it just needs to improve. Think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. 
Make sure to head over also to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right. Sign up now for a free shot at $1 million. Download the app, sign up at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Moonaf, it's picks time. Come on. We need to go through the gears again. We've, uh, we're in uh, third gear, up to second gear, then we're back down, uh, up and down, up and down, up and down. Let's get the fourth and fifth gear, Moonaf. Um, do you want to lead off this week or do you want me to go in the number one spot well before we get to that did you want to look at some of the series that are coming up for this week I know oh go on then yeah, yeah sorry too excited yeah, I'm fired got... up for the picks Moonaf I'm fired up <laughs> yeah there's I'll quickly point some out I think there's a couple here that uh, are kind of standing out I think uh, first and foremost it will be Obviously, the Dodgers and the uh, Giants kicking it off uh, a three-game set between those two teams. Again, like we've mentioned numerous times, battling for that NL West division. Um, I think another one is going to be – I think this is going to be a sneaky good one. The Oakland A's and the San Diego Padres. I think that's going to be a fun series to watch. You know, like we've talked about, the Oakland A's are are battling for playoff position. Same thing with the San Diego Padres. So, uh, two teams that are battling for position. There's some pretty good pitching matchups in that one, too. Um, I think the other one, let's see, which one I forgot to mention. There was a, another one that I, I think Houston and Seattle is going to be a fun one too. Uh, like we just talked about Seattle, um, a fun team, you know, they're, they're in that wild card, um, the wild card race. Currently I'm watching their team or uh, their, their game. They're up four to two against the A's in the bottom of the fourth. So, um, if they hang on, things are going to get very interesting for both of those teams. So I think those are the three three series that kind of stood out for me. Yeah, the uh, Yankees and the Rays uh, in the middle yeah, of the week as well. I think they go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Um, because the Yankees need to do something pretty quickly to try and drag themselves back. Uh, and the Rays certainly won't um, take the foot off the neck. They've traditionally, uh, over the last couple of years particularly, um, enjoyed playing the Yankees and have a very good record over them. So, um, right, okay, now we'll get to the picks. <laughs> um, I've caught up with myself. Right, Moonaf, I've made an executive decision here. Um, okay. I'm going to lead off. Okay, here we go. I'm bullish, I am. Uh, bullish, is that a word you would use? Yes, sir. Okay, good. Didn't know if that was another daft Geordie expression that we use. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start on Wednesday. Um, and I'm going to take Eric Lauer of the Brewers over uh, Chad Cool of the Pirates. Um, uh, I think the fact that it is Chad Cool going for the Pirates uh, will make it a fairly backable price. It will be a working man's price because um, Cool's been okay lately. Um, and in fact, the Pirates haven't been too bad. They picked up a couple of wins over over the Giants this weekend. And Cool's three and four uh, with a three point five two ERA. So I think that's going to make uh, the the uh, opposite pitcher fairly backable here. Uh, Eric Lauer for the Brower, for the Brewers. Um, not a very fancy name, really. He's quite a workmanlike pitcher, uh, generally speaking. Um, but he's, uh, he's, his ERA, particularly in, in July, has been excellent. Um, he's only given up two earned runs in 17 innings mm-hmm. um, this month. And that included a start against Pittsburgh, where he gave up one run on four hits in six, uh, in six innings pitched. Um like I said, sorry, I gave you the, that, the stats before, the three and four with the 3.5 ERA, uh, Eric Lauer's numbers. Cool's three and five uh, with a 4.38 ERA. So again, doing okay. He's had a really good run recently as well. Um, 
against three good teams, actually, in recent years, uh, the Mets, the Braves and the Giants. Uh, but I'm expecting him to, to regress a little bit, uh, revert back to tight, the same as the as Pittsburgh. Um, he gave up five earned runs in three innings pitched against the Brewers uh, back in June. Uh, and that's enough for me to side with uh, Lauer there. So I'll take Eric Lauer for the Brewers over the Pirates on Wednesday. My dog is going to go on Tuesday night from a series you just mentioned, Moonaf. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the Auckland days against the Padres. And again, this might might be close to a pick him, you know. Um, this is James Caprillian against Chris Paddock. I'm going to take the Oakland Athletics and Caprillian. Um, he's been an absolute revelation, really. He only came up because um, of injuries. Uh, but he's five and three with a 2.35 ERA. Uh, now you, that ERA you might have expected maybe in a small sample, uh, but he's just gone on and on and it hasn't gone up. He's, he's got a, his whips down at 1.12. Um, he's had one bad start all season, uh, which was against Seattle in May. Um, but he does a bit of everything. He strikes batters out. He's had nine and 10 strikeout games. Um, and Chris Paddock gives you a chance. He's six and six. Um, ERA is up over five. Um, he's won his last two starts, which I think might help make the price for us. Uh, but even in one of those, he gave up four runs in five innings pitched. In his his July ERA is 6.86. Uh, so that'll be my dog, if indeed it is a dog. Uh, I hope it is. You, you, um, you might be able to tell me uh, what you think about that. I think maybe just name recognition with the Padres is what, is what I was hoping would make the price a little bit there. Um, so Wednesday night for the lock, Eric Lauer and the Brewers over Chad Kuhl and the Pirates. And Tuesday night for the jog, James Caprillian for the Athletics against uh, Chris Paddock of the Padres, Moonoff. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what price comes out for James Caprillian and the A's against uh, the Padres, because like you mentioned, that just might be a name recognition thing because it's a Padres, right? And and Chris Paddock's have been just really, really bad this season for the Padres. And, um, you know, hopefully it's not, it maybe comes out even money, um, That's what I thought. Yeah, I thought it might yeah. be a little bit similar to my McGill pick last week uh, for the Mets, maybe like minus 105 or something. Yeah, I also keep in mind that because the Oakland A's are going into a, a National League stadium, that they're also going to lose a bat. So that might be something that works uh, against them, at least on the price. But, you know, Chris Paddock, I mean, this guy can throw it right down to the middle to the both of us, and we could probably maybe, you know, at least get it out of the infield, maybe <laughs> not out of the park. That's a little uh, it's a little extreme. Uh, no, but I like it, and uh, hopefully it's a 2-0 and situation and we'll be to carry on the momentum. Quickly, before I get to mine, uh, Astros' game did go final for uh, Scott. They won the game 3-1, to one, so I know he had the Astros' hey, run line. So 2-0 and o situation for Scott. I uh, didn't expect anything less from him. So, um, you know, hopefully our listeners were able to follow uh, – uh, Scott's picks and then and, and cash. Um, so uh, pretty good start for him, at least for his appearance on the uh, MLB gambling podcast. And uh, I'll get to mine here. Huh? Uh, let's go, go for with, it. Moon off. Yeah. Let's Wednesday night is a series that we just mentioned. Uh, Dodgers and the giants is going to be a big one. Uh, I'm going to go Dodgers money line versus the giants. It's going to be Walker Bueller versus Anthony Discalfani. Um, I'm backing the Dodgers here. Walker Bueller on any other team with the numbers that he's put up would be in that Cyan conversation. I know that Jacob DeGrom pretty much has that locked, uh, locked up, but the numbers do not lie. Uh, on the season, he is 10 and one is Walker Bueller with a 2.31 ERA, a 0.91 whip on the road this season. He is four and oh, the 2.5 ERA. Um, and at night, you know, you, you know, me and my split seven and one, 2.63 ERA. Um, so you, you see how the numbers are just dominating here for Walker Bueller. 
He has started four games against the Giants this season. He is two two and zero in those situations with the ERA right at one. Uh, Bueller started against the Giants last week. He went seven and third innings pitch, gave up only five hits, and they only scored one run off of that. Our favorite closer for the Dodgers blew the game for the for them, <laughs> Jansen. I saw Scott tweeted a little bit about. I can't remember what it was, but I just I saw the Scott's name and I saw Kenley Jansen's name, and that was enough just to make me have a little giggle when I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, he gave up four unruns in that start by Bueller, so um, <laughs> cost them a game there. So I think, but this is I think a pretty good revenge spot for the uh, for sorry for the Dodgers. Um, you know the. Again, Jansen really, really screwed him out of that. But the numbers for uh, uh, Anthony Discalfani against the Dodgers this season has been really, really bad. 18 and third, uh, one third inning pitch. He's given up 25 hits and 18 earned runs allowed. Uh, this may be a big price uh, because on July 22nd at home, Bueller was minus 163 and he closed around minus 188. So maybe I'm thinking this might be maybe in the 160 range. Minus 160 range, but if you really want to take a chance with the Dodgers, you know, take a look at maybe the run line also. I'm pretty sure that is going to be plus money. Uh, so that would be my lock. Wednesday, Dodgers money line versus the Giants. Walker Bueller versus Anthony Discalfani for the Giants. And my dog, uh, I'm going to go Tuesday. I know you have a Wednesday pick between the Brewers and the Pirates. Uh, I'm going to go Pirates money line on Tuesday. It's a battle of the Andersons. Nice. Uh, Tyler Anderson in the Pirates money line. Uh, Anderson has been okay for the Pirates. His numbers in the month of July are pretty good. He has a 2.50 ERA, uh, 2-0 record and three starts so far this month. Uh, one start was against the Brewers this month in July. In that game against the Brewers, he went seven innings, gave up only three hits um, and zero runs in that game. At home this season, Tyler Anderson is 2-3. and three. Um, but he has a pretty good ERA of 3.31. Uh, like I said, Brewers are sending out Brett Anderson on the mound. Left-handed pitcher and the Pirates over the last 30 days versus left-handed pitching. Pirates ranked number three in the National League in batting average and number two in hits. And if we really want to shrink it down to the last 15 days, the Pirates against left-handed pitching, number one in batting average at 3.12. And number three in runs scored. So they went into uh, San Francisco this weekend and won the first two games. Uh, they still have their third game pending. So, you know, they're a team that's not really laying down. Um, so this might be the last start for Tyler Anderson here on Tuesday for the Pirates. So hopefully it's a W for him as he, you know, possibly could get traded. So those are going to be my two picks. Uh, it's going to be, again, just to recap Wednesday, my log Dodgers money line versus the Giants. And then Tuesday night, my dog is going to be the Pirates money line with Tyler Anderson on the mound. Um, hopefully he can get that victory there. I think that's it for me. Uh, quickly, yeah. I, I'll just mention this. Go for uh, it. We, we, you know, we love having as many picks as we can on our podcast. Um, because Scott was so good for us last week, he's going to start putting in his picks uh, for this, uh, for this coming, uh, rest of the season on our podcast. So picks from Scott picks from myself, from Malcolm and Nick, uh, also sending in his picks and, uh, no, Will, I know he's been busy with work, so, uh, ha- uh, I'm sure he'll be sending in picks also, but if not, we'll read anything off, but, uh, you know, we love picks here. So we're going to add Scott on to the, uh, to the little entourage we hear between, uh, the five of us. Yeah. We've got Nixon Scott picks, uh, Right about here now, so we, we'll give those to you. 
Malcolm and Moonoff, it's your boy NC Nick here. It's Sunday, which means I have your lock and dog of the early week in Major League Baseball. My lock, I'm going to go with my Washington Nationals over the Phillies on Monday. The Nats have Joe Ross on the mound. Uh, last time he faced Philly, he pitched six innings of scoreless baseball. Meanwhile, it's a bullpen day for the Phillies. I like the Nats to get that. My dog is Seattle is going to beat the Astros at least once over the course of the next few days. The best chance, I think, is Tuesday with Chris Flexen pitching versus Lance McCullers. Uh, Sure, I mean, McCullers is a good pitcher. He gets lots of strikeouts, but he also gives up a good amount of runs. Just gave up uh, four runs in five innings versus a pretty bad Indians team the last time he pitched. So um, I think the Mariners can get that win. Once again, my lock is Nats over Phillies on Monday, and my dog is the Mariners over the Astros on Tuesday. There you go. Let it ride. Hey, guys. Scott Rochelle here with your lock and dogs for the upcoming week. We're going to start off with the lock. I like on Tuesday, the Rays on the money line taking on the Yankees. The Rays are 8-5 and five against the Yankees so far this season. McClanahan's on the mound for Tampa, and he's been really good lately. Last three starts, 14 to third innings, 3.14 ERA. Tampa's also won three of McClanahan's last four starts by at least six runs. And Montgomery's pitching for the Yankees. He's pitched well, but the Yankees have not played well for him as the Yankees have lost each of his last five starts. I think Tampa gets it done on Tuesday. Now, as for the dog of the day, I like something on tomorrow's card. On Monday, I like the Kansas City Royals on the money line taking on the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox really struggled over the weekend against Milwaukee, and Kansas City's on fire, having won each of its last five games. Mike Miner is on the mound for Kansas City, 3.94 ERA against Chicago this season, while Dallas Keuchel's on the mound for Chicago, 4.73 ERA on the road. I think Kansas City keeps the bats hot, and I do think that Chicago's going to struggle offensively. I like Kansas City on the money line as the dog and Tampa on the money line against the Yankees on Tuesday as the favorite. Those are my picks. Let it ride. There you go. More winners from Scotty Two Hottie and uh, Nick, as per usual. Um, I don't like the fact that we've got Brewers Pirates consecutive nights. This is another Diamondback situation from last week, Moonaf. We can't both be right, man. Well, you're Although, the- to be fair, you've picked the Pirates and I've got the Brewers, so yeah. that's better. Yeah, but I'm still not happy about it. Uh, but what are you going to do? In fact, what what it probably does is it guarantees it, it guarantees your win. Um, you the night before me, or you're the night before me. Ooh, yeah, interesting. Uh, I might change mine. If you if yours wins on Tuesday, I'm changing mine. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Um, well, cheers, Moonaf. Uh, I believe we've covered everything as per usual. Uh, the podcast is up on uh, Apple and um, Spotify, places like that. Um, so like and review, give us five stars. Um, have a look at Tally Sites, uh, just not this week, uh, <laughs> to get our picks. Um, and obviously the DraftKings League. I won that last night. I won our little DraftKings game. And go. bear in mind, I'd had about 17 lagers when I picked my team. I think that might be the future, Moon. I might just be a demon DraftKings player uh, when my... Uh, when I've got some some blood in my alcohol stream. Um, so, yeah, that went okay. So get over there and have a little look. Um, loads of stuff. Um, you've been doing any Olympic stuff, Moonoff? I saw you having a little whinge about the uh, American basketball team today. That made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I dropped an uh, article for the basketball for the Olympics, but U.S. men's team this morning completely shit the bed and... <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm actually right. not surprised because I wasn't too high on them coming into this, these Olympics, even though they were the over overwhelming fight, uh, favorite, but for them to, I mean, I, I could talk about this for hours, but I, I will sure we'll get this on the NBA gambling podcast, but they're just not playing well. There's no team chemistry. And I think the rules, the international rules are what's really bothering the, the American team because in the NBA, every little touch you'll get a foul call, but in, in FIBA and in the international rules, it's more physical. So I think that's, what's really bothering the U S team, but hopefully it's just a, 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 uh, a snap in the road. And I know that, that France was going to be their toughest competition in the group stage. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, remember I did the exact same thing with the USC women's uh, football soccer team yeah. on uh, the start of the week as well. I, I gave them a glowing ride up and they got tonked 3 0. Uh, they since won 6 1, so yeah. we're kind of back in the game. But yeah, for all your content, Olympics and uh, the NFL season coming up. And if you want to bet on it, we've got something for you over at the website uh, and on all your social media sites. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back later in the week to break all this back down again, see how much of our uh, crystal ball activity um, in the trade deadline. Was, was accurate or not. Um, cheers, Moonaf. Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you down the road.